I don't think anything else in the world. I can't remember anything being serious enough for me to cry about other than my children. And whatever else happened in my life, it was like, well. oh well. But it didn't take nothing for me to tear up when it came to you guys. You guys were not judgmental. You didn't need to know why things were a certain way. As long as daddy loved you and I would go to hell to bat or anything else for you guys. Uh, if you really want to get me cranked up for real, mess with my children. But I've had a good life, baby. Uh, not an easy life, but things that I took pleasure from, most pleasure from, were from my children. Well, not many men has been afforded that. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Real Dads at Work podcast. This episode, I have a uh, co-worker, a friend, buddy of mine, Mr. Tandrell Newsom. He's going to tell us about his experiences of fatherhood, how he views it, and just his overall experience being a dad. Welcome, everybody, Tandrell Newsom. Tandrell Newsom. Tan, what's up, my brother? Hey, I'm bro. How you feel? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. How's your day going? Uh, my day's going great. My good. day's going great. Good. So, um, jump right into the interview. And uh, first, let's tell the people, how many kids do you have right now, Tandrell? Oh, I, I got four kids. Ooh, ooh. You got a damn near basketball team. I see you, brother, man. <laughs> damn, they got to start at five out here in these streets. Oh, man. Okay. So, um, let me ask you this. Uh, Prior to you starting to have children, what was your uh, what was your view on fatherhood? What did you think about fatherhood as in general? Uh, you know, uh, it uh, evolved throughout the years. I always had a different father figures uh, available. You know, uh, there were bad father figures that would you know pretty much show you what not to do. But, you know, my father was always around, uh, and there were seven of us. So, uh, you know, I pretty much incorporated a lot of the stuff that he did. And uh, a lot of the things that I that I seen and I, I wanted to change in, in regards to, uh, you know, generations, mm-hmm. uh, communication and things like that, you know, from, from – uh, you know, the evolution of fatherhood. Gotcha. You know, my uh, my father used to always tell me, you know, back in the days, uh, his father didn't communicate that much because uh, they they felt like it was tough. You know, uh, fathers had to have a tough demeanor. Yeah. So they, didn't, they didn't really feel like communicating with being tough or, you know, or, or showing emotions. You know, they felt like uh, they should lead by example, and they and they should be a strong figure. That was their perception of being a strong figure. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, throughout the years, you know, things changed. You know, my father he wanted to change it, so he communicated with us. 
Got it. So he led the he well, led the way for the um, evolutionary change. Yeah. And then uh, you know, I just took that and I um I felt like, hey, you know, I need to do that and and uh basically I just added on to it by uh explaining to my children why I uh make certain decisions and my intentions in doing that. Mm, okay. So you um so you began to break it down and let them know why you were doing stuff as opposed to like you said, the um stereotypical strong father, I control the house, I run it my way, take it. Do as I say. Yeah, 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 know, yeah. With no questions asked, yeah. Okay. So you began to communicate and explain why you were doing stuff and the benefits that what you were doing were gonna provide them in the long run. Yeah. Okay, well, you, you know, and um, as as black men and as black families, I believe that um, you have to have that generational growth. You have to break those generational curses, and you have to start leading in a different direction, so that as the kids' kids and kids' kids and so on and so forth, all of it will be different. All of it will get better, and people can now begin to evolve and we become better as a people in general with that type of um switch up that type of, like you said it's all about generational growth being better than the previous generation applying those um applying those good qualities and tossing out those bad qualities yeah and and you know it's it's also finding the medium yes. because you know i discussed with a lot of people um people have intentions to do things for instance um Everybody has the intention of not letting their children grow up in the same aspect that they did. They don't, you know, they want their kids to be in a better situation than we were. Mm-hmm. And um, they have to find the meaning with that because, you know, the, the things we experience as kids is what made us the strong individuals we are. Facts. If we uh, pretty much give every resource to our kids, they won't appreciate what they have, and it may not work out in the way that you want it to work out mm-hmm. because they didn't earn it. Mm. Okay, that's a um, so uh, that's a very true statement. A lot of people talk about generational wealth, and uh, generational wealth is great. But you also got to give them the resources in order to sustain that generational wealth. You don't uh, just give it to them on a silver spoon because then they're not going to know anything about a struggle or, uh, you know, working hard to get to wherever they're at. So if they blow it, it's like no harm because, you know, they never really earned it. Uh It was given to them. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, your first child, how old were you when you had your first child? Uh, <laughs> when I had my first child, I was 25. 25, that's a good age. That's a good yeah. age. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead. It, it's crazy because my brother, that's uh, 15 months older than me, he <laughs> had his first child when he was 17. Mm. And, you know, my mother was like, hey, you know, uh, don't bring no kids into my house. So I said, oh, I'm not. 
So by the time I was 23, she was like, when are you going to give me grandkids? <laughs> it switched up I on said, you. I said, in God's time. <laughs> <laughs> you had to hit it with the God's time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so when you had yes, your first I had child, my first child at 25. What was that experience like? Like the, when you, um, min- minus the, um, minus the, the gestational period and the pregnancy and all of that. When you were um when it was that day, what was that feeling like? It it was an amazing feeling because uh you know, seeing her born, uh, holding her and uh everybody that knew me at that time, like uh I wouldn't go anywhere without her. Mm. She was strapped on my chest everywhere. That's what's up. <laughs> you know, even when when nine eleven happened, the crazy thing was uh, I worked at a bank on Water Street, right around the corner from uh, you know where where it happened. Mm-hmm. And when the first tower went down, I saw it down in the window. It's like, oh wow, you know, the plane crashed into the first tower, and then uh, when the second plane crashed. I went to the manager and was like, you know, uh, my job at the bank, uh, they had a, a emergency daycare center. And I just so happened to bring my daughter there that day. Mm. And uh, I told my I told I told my manager I need to go get my daughter. We we going home. Yes, as you should. So when um when I got her, that's when the uh, first tower came down. Mm. By the time I came outside, uh, the debris was coming around the corner. So we had to, uh, like, go behind a pillar and uh, wait for the debris to clear up. Yeah. And, I, you know, I said I would not take the train or, or the bus. So we walked over the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm. You and your baby strapped to you. Yeah. Oh, man. Jeez, that's a that had to be deep and that had to be uh extremely frightening because as the um natural protectors that you become when you have a child, that had to be extremely frightening as you tried to figure out like one, what the hell is going on, and two, how am I gonna protect my um baby from this? And yeah, and, and the cra- it's crazy you said that because I didn't even think in regards to myself. Exactly. I was thinking about getting her home. Exactly. It's like, oh, you know, uh, when I walked over the bridge, there were so many people over the bridge that uh, it felt like the bridge was moving. Mm. And I kept saying, uh, you know, I was taking the importance, like, let me get past this. (laughs) Yeah, let me get past this part. Then let me get past this part. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Mm. So were you... um, were you there in the delivery room for that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I always tell people <laughs> childbirth is like the most beautiful, disgusting thing you will ever see in your life. It, 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 it's funny and it's serious at the same time. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you, you know, you, you, you want to laugh at certain things. It's like, uh, you know what? Let's get through this first and yeah. I'll laugh about it later. <laughs> And there's so much going on in that moment. It's a beautiful moment, but the because of the body and the way 
the body is just built. It's so much else going on within that beautiful moment. You like, ah, man. But you said at the same time, you're smiling because you're like, oh, this is beautiful. But it's so much going on in that moment. It's absolutely amazing, like, uh, situation. It's an amazing disaster. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) There you go. I like that. An amazing disaster. That is a good way to put it. (laughs) So moving. So when you had, so you, um, I'm glad you shared that with me. I appreciate it, man, because that's deep because, me and my daughter used to be when I had my first daughter. We used to always be everywhere together, like road trips. I'm going to the store, going to the mall. We were always together. So it shows that like you, some people when they have a child, it becomes an immediate like natural adaptation to what you need to do and what you want to do and how you want to do it. And mm-hmm. We've both been fortunate enough to be able to do that and experience that like fully and completely and really enjoy that time. So when you moved on to your second one, how far apart is your first one and your second one? Uh, so the joke is. <laughs> oh, boy. You got these fake <laughs> twins. <laughs> the joke is uh, God, God has, uh, you know, my body on time release. <laughs> because all of the kids are three years and three months apart. Yo, you gotta be kidding me. It's girl, boy, girl, boy. And they're all three wow. months apart. Three years and three months apart. <laughs> Yo, that is amazing, <laughs> son. <laughs> yes, that, that, your, your God does have your body on time release. <laughs> Yo, that is wild. <laughs> Yo, I've never heard that something to be that accurate before. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and drive oh, out yeah, here with yeah. the automatic release button on. <laughs> <laughs> now, was that um, was that something that uh, when you when you had your second one, was your oldest now like the uh, the new babysitter? How how was their interaction as they um as they grew and as they gelled together? She uh she loves having a little brother. Mm. Like so like she as soon as she saw him, she didn't she didn't want uh not to be around him. Oh, that's she, great. she stuck to him ever since he was born. Yeah, even to this day. To this day. You know, they're, still, they're really close. Still partners, that's what's up. And did you have those same experiences with your uh with your second child? Like you just always Always wanted the child with you. Always was ready, just like, hey, come on, let's go. Yeah, and you know it was different because he's a junior. So, uh, you know, I I wanted, you know, all of my kids I wanted to uh, interact with the same way, you know. But um, and 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 you know, the thing is, when when one comes, one more comes into play, you do not want to be inconsiderate to. The previous one, yeah, because you don't want to, you don't want them to feel like you giving one more attention than the other. Yeah, you, so spread you have love. to have that balance where you, uh, you have to show attention to all of them. Because mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to, like you said, you don't want to show the neglect. You don't want to seem favoritism. You want to be able to uh, provide that same level of love and um, love and nurture and all of that to. However many you have, you want them all to feel that same love and nurturing. Yeah. Okay. 
<clears throat> so when you um as you as you've been growing as a father and adding has you has you not has you have your um your priorities or the way you um the way you address things changed or has it kind of been the same since you had your first child the it is different you know because uh due to different personalities yeah. and you know the different uh, you know love language you have to talk to them in a different way one may be more sensitive than others yeah. It's like uh, you know, one of my men can talk to them uh, in a in a straight fashion. Uh, the other one, I may be more mindful of how I address them. Mm. So you know, each each one you gotta you have to learn what what's the best way to communicate with them, the most effective way to communicate with them. Got you. Now. Uh- do they now you said the uh the first the first two they partners they rolled now is that the um how they all are with each other because your your family knowing you and hearing you speak and uh like looking at your social media your family seems like everybody is crew like apart from of course being a family it really seems as though like y'all are crew like almost like like I don't y'all on the block y'all are crew and y'all down for each other and it can go down at any given time if you mess with one yeah 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 and that's because that's the way I was raised that's one of the things I incorporated you know with with my children you know uh I I uh, try to teach certain strengths in my kids that uh was taught to me you know um there's a different. There's a difference when you have, um, when you come from a big family or you have a big family. You have a lot of cousins, you know, and you guys always interact with each other because it's uh, it, it's taught that you don't need any extra friends. You mm-hmm. don't really have to uh, embrace anybody else. Or ha- have the obligation of trying too too hard to be friends with people, you know. So a lot of times it comes natural because you don't really look for it. Yeah, you don't need that um, the outside approval. Yeah, opposed to you know someone that that doesn't have that much family, like the only child, and they don't really have anybody else to be around, you know. They look for that outside, uh, you know, family or affiliation to solidify themselves. Mm. Gotcha. So it's not really a pressure for for someone that has a lot of family. Yeah, you're not pressured to be um, to try to be the star at school and the star there because, like I said, you don't need that outside approval. You know, you've got the love, support, and approval at home, so. Whatever comes from outside is good if it comes. If it doesn't, you're not pressed for it. Yeah. Okay. So you you guys moved from um well you've moved around a couple of times during your yeah <laughs> during your uh, <laughs> during your transitions from place to place as a dad what what has been some of the hardest adaptations to transitions from city to city from state to state. Uh, the, the hardest thing was, uh, 
you know, um, being a papa bit and having to go to these environments before and set up shop and having that that time away from my my uh, family to set up shop for them to come and join me. Okay, that that's probably the hardest that uh, I've experienced because like you can't be there to really see what's going on with your kids. And, you know, I've always been hands-on. So, um, you know, being away from them for that period of time, I'm trying to call and find out if anything's going on, you know, how is everything going in school, mm. things like that. And it's, it's, it's the difference between being there and, you know, being there through a phone call. Yeah. I think, um, and I think that's the struggle of a lot of people, especially people who have, um, who have families that are not together. I think for some of them, that's probably the biggest thing that they're not hands on. They're not there to physically see what's going on and physically deal with what's going on. It's a whole lot harder and, when you're, when you're away trying to figure it out and deal with it. And it creates room for doubt. For every, you know, every situation, something, the moment something goes wrong, that's the first thing you question. It's like, man, if I was there, mm. it, would this have played out the same way? Yeah. You know, so uh, it, 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 was, it was kind of difficult. Uh, but, you know, I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, um, small moments of inconvenience is... Uh, needed for the overall goal. Hmm. So, you know, and, and, and my whole intentions were to find the best environment for everybody, you know, not just me or my wife or the kids, you know, something that we all, we all can be all right with. And, um, that's, so that's, a, that's how we ended up here. Yeah. Trying to just, just trying to be, Trying to be that provider, trying to find out what's going to work best, what's going to be best for everybody and help us succeed in our long-term goal of life. Of course. Got you. Um, so throughout fatherhood, what would you say has been um, some of your most joyful moments or your most joyous moments? Uh, just, I, I, I think the best, experience that I had as far as fatherhood is um, seeing uh, kids repeat tendencies that I used to do when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> you start to see yourself. <laughs> and, you know, it it gives you flashbacks. Yeah, it, it's like something you didn't, you didn't, you wouldn't normally remember. It'll just come back to memory like, wow. I can't believe he just said that, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's stuff that I used to do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all of them have different personalities, so they'll have a different trait that you have. Okay. Now so you, you get a different you see experience from each kid. Yeah. So you see yourself a lot <laughs> in your kids. And when you, yeah. when you, like you said, when you see it, you just laugh like, yeah, that's me. I did that. <laughs> it's like uh, my, my youngest son, uh, he always, uh, asking me, hey, Dad, where you going? Could I come with you? And uh, that's what I used to do with my father. You know, my father, he worked at a uh, big post office in New York, on uh, Morgan Post Office. And uh, 
when he would go when he would go to work to go cash his check. And I'd be like, Dad, could I come with you? He'd say, Yeah, you know, just make sure you have your clothes and, and, your, and your shoes together. You know, I had to have my my clothes ironed and my shoes uh, clean and polished. <laughs> You know, with with the uh, white shoe polish. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, uh, what that taught me was uh, a couple of times. You know, I uh, didn't do it to the, the way that I, you know, I was I was being lazy. Clothes mm-hmm. with the iron the way they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So the shoes the, <laughs> then my father looked at me and be like, uh, "What do you think you're doing?" <laughs> yeah, I was coming with you. He's like, let's try this again next time. Next time you need to have your stuff in order. Oh, uh, man, you got left behind because being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that, that taught me that uh, if you do things right the first time, you wouldn't have to worry about doing it the second or third time. Mm. And a lot of people, they, they take that for granted. They think a shortcut is a hack. But um, when you leave out an element, that's actually doing more work because you're going to have to turn around and do it all over again. Yeah. You're so you're just working it. harder. Yeah. And you're going to have to end but up But that's what I it. got. That's what he got, you know, uh, I I see through my youngest, you know, he's like, he always want to come with me somewhere. I always wanted to be around my father. And that speaks volumes. That means that your dad was, uh, he was a, he was a good dude to you and he, he treated you right. He taught you right for you to always want to be around him. Like you, you enjoyed that. You enjoyed that relationship. You enjoyed that. Those times and our interactions together because of the quality relationship and the quality uh, teaching and rearing he was giving you, which transitioned into you and how you um, rear your kids and teach your kids. Because now you kind of know what that what what that love is and what that love means to a child and what it can help produce and make them be if that love is provided in the, in the constructive way and, you know, done, done correctly and not overdone. Like you stated earlier, like you can't just feed them, feed them, feed them. Sometimes you got to feed them and talk to them. You can't just give them all. Cause then they never understand that what you had to do in order to get it. Yeah. So is that, is that the only one that you can see that much of yourself in or do all I your know, kids kind of take different elements? Yeah, have, it's crazy because each one have different elements for me. Got you. Or, or my wife, but uh, you know, um, my youngest daughter, she uh, she likes to prank people all the time, and um, <laughs> that that's exactly you know. It's like I told my mother, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, you remember uh, you used to do that all the time." Oh man! I said, "I know," <laughs> you know, and it's. It's one, you know, like uh, she has uh, she has a beautiful sense of humor. It's uh, it's acquired by some yeah. because if you don't have that caliber of sense of humor, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, you're gonna take it as offense. So uh, my mother loves talking about uh, uh, my sense of humor, and uh, there was one incident where I. Uh, I did something, and you know how you do something at first when when you play it out of your head, it seems like it's 
Seems like a great it's idea. Great. <laughs> until until it actually plays out and you you have that moment where it's like, oh man, I really messed up now. Yep. <laughs> so there was a moment where like uh, my mother was coming from work. My sister came up the block and said, Mom is at the corner store, she coming home. So uh I'm in the kitchen. Uh there was powdered donuts. Oh, and uh I take the powdered donut and um I think I was watching Miami Vice the uh, the <laughs> night before or something. So I took the powder donut and I scraped it off and uh, made lines on <laughs> on the kitchen table. And I put some on my nose and I laid on I laid my head on the kitchen table with my eyes rolled over the back of my head. Oh, I, I thought it was funny. You know, <laughs> it sounds like you and said so, it, it sounded and it seemed good <laughs> when you when you played it out in your head. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, when I seen the reaction on my mother's face, I knew that uh, the the only possible outcome was a beat. <laughs> <laughs> and she always reminds me of that. She's like, remember you did that? It wasn't funny at all. <laughs> it was, uh, probably was funny to you, but it wasn't funny at all. So oh, I know where she got it from. So you know where she got it from. <laughs> so you got the prankster, you got the one that always wants to be with you. And what was what, what yeah. are the other two like? Uh my um my my uh older son, he's effortlessly smart. Okay. So he does things like um for the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grade, I made a perfect score on the the um the math and the reading um statewide test. Yeah. And I you know, I got um I got um medals from the um the mayor, which at that time was Mayor Koch. And um but the whole thing about that is when you're like effortlessly smart, you take it for granted. So you 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 do things because you you sometimes you do things like you're too smart. Mm. Yeah. So the teachers would tell me criteria is like, uh, you know, uh if you if you get this amount of uh work done, you get seventy percent. And uh the test is only twenty percent of your grade. And uh attendance is five percent of your grade. So I would never show up in class. <laughs> I would, I would be in the library and I would finish all my um, finish all your work. My work within two weeks. Oh wow! I would finish all my work and um, I would take the test. I would go there to take the test and then leave the class and uh, end up getting a ninety. Yeah. So. Uh, teach my uh, my parents would come up to the school, and uh, they would be happy because they see my grades for face value. But yeah. then they'll find out. That you ain't you know, the teachers class. Be like, you know, Tan Drummer's not applying and stuff. They're like, what do you mean? He has a ninety. Said, no, he's he's too smart. He he knows that he can make a ninety if he does this, but he never comes to class. <laughs> hey, you found a loophole. <laughs> <laughs> I would always get in trouble, you know. But that's how my son is. My son will find he's he's effortlessly smart, so 
even um, when he was in Norcross High School, his teacher had him take a test, and um, they enrolled him into uh, Paul Duke's STEM High School. Okay. So that's where he recently graduated from. Yeah, so you do have but, a high school um, grad, don't you? I have two now. You got two high school grads. Clap it up for Tedro. Two high school grads, <laughs> black man, making it happen. That's what's up, guy. How does, how does that feel? <laughs> It, feel, it feels it feels great, and you know, I, I make sure I talk to them in a respectful but real way, as far as how life goes. So, yeah. I say, you know, you're an adult now. I said, uh, and uh, I'm not going to put you in a situation the way I was putting it because uh, I came up in the era of when you're 18 and you get your diploma, you're gonna have to get up out of here. Yeah. And I understand what they were trying to do. I just feel like that wasn't the right way to deal with. Because when you when you push somebody and rush them to go out in the world, it's not going it's not going to play out the way that it should play out. Yeah, because um, a lot like, of times we're uh, naive to some of the things that um, you end up being responsible for, or some of the things you're required to do as a quote unquote adult. Mhm. So um, they're both doing good, and I I try to give them the resources. You know, I take a little of what what my parents taught me, but at the same time, um, take a little of what I've learned. You know, and uh, I understand why my parents didn't really uh, take the time because they were always ripping and running. You know, to make sure that food was on the table for all seven of us. So it was like they never had the chance to like sit down and say, hey, man, um, this is how credit works. Or this is what you need to do when you go out in the world. Or stay in this household and get the credit together. You know, say I want you to purchase a house. You can rent out two, you know, two of the uh, floors and live on one floor and have them have that pay for you. Mm-hmm. For your house and your bill. You know, um, uh, I don't regret how I was raised. It's just that uh, I just felt like uh, I want my kids to be in a better situation than I was. Yeah, and I agree and, with what you're saying because um, <clears throat> I'm not a big uh, proponent of or supporter of the 18. You got to get out. I really believe. I believe how you how you're saying how you need to. Um, sometimes if you you can keep that child at your house and say, hey, look, you can you can still live here. These are the requirements while you live here, but I don't want to just push you out there. I want to make sure that when you go out there, you're ready for the world. You can handle the world, and you, when you leave here, you can go purchase you a house. When you leave here, you can get you an apartment and, and be able to pay for it for half the year. So now you can make plans on how you want to set up the rest of your year, the rest of your life. And uh, one one of the key things that uh, one of the key requirements for me. Uh, my kids, they have they have to have uh they have to start off having a, a low paying job, mm-hmm. and the reason why I have them do that is so they can appreciate and see, you know, all of the uh, tedious BS that happens in in that type of environment. To discourage them to not want to ever be there. 
and mm-hmm. to inspire them to to you know to do better. Because I tell I tell them all the time, you know, I have a great work work ethic. Um, when I I want you to have a great work ethic, but I want you to have better employment. Mm. Where you can you can um, you can say, hey, you know what? I feel like I want to go uh, take my brothers and sisters on this trip, and you can financially do that. You don't have to worry about working overtime or uh, doing things in that manner. You you know. So, like, if you're working in certain environments, you deal with a certain caliber of people. True. Very so, true. Uh, <laughs> you know, my son, he says he wants to be an anesthesiologist, and that may change. Uh, you know, I told him, uh, don't ever tell us something that you think we want to hear. If this is something that you want to strive for, we're going to support you. Because uh, this is what you want to do. Yeah. But uh, when, whenever you do something, don't leave any room for doubt. Make sure you give it your all. That way, if you decide not to do it, you know you gave it your all, and you can validly complain about it. Got you. Because now you can say, you know what, I didn't do it or whatever. You can, like you said, you can now. Now you have a valid reason why you're complaining or you're expressing your views on it because you actually put the effort forward. Yeah. And it was something that you wanted to do and not something that you thought my parents want me to do or something that society wants me to do. I think that's a good, um, I think that's very good as a, as a parent to kind of preach to your kids, do something that you want to do because society and your parents are not the person that you got to live with. You got to live with yourself in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like you got you got your dad life together there, partner. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, it's forever learning, job. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, and then uh, the moment that I have grand, you know, uh, that's going to be a different chapter. That's <laughs> a whole other chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, with two with two. Uh, Semi adults, are are you ready for that, or is that something that you could uh you could wait about another five years for? Well, it, when it happens, it happens. Oh, uh, look at you being um, progressive. I'm I'm um I'm I'm pretty much realistic when it comes to life aspects. You know, um, gotcha. I tell people all, all the time. Uh, you know how you um you go to H and R Block to do your taxes, they tell you what you get on your tax refund. Mm-hmm. You say, oh, you know what? When I get this money, I'm going to uh, do this, 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 and that. Until that check comes and you spend it on foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> that's because you, that's, you you've know, got the perfect plan to, to you uh, to you log into that bank account and, <laughs> and see that money. That's exactly how life is. You know, you always have a plan and, you know, you you uh, hook up with a girl and, you know, you fall in love and everything gets sidetracked and you think it's love, you know, mm-hmm. and you get everything is sidetracked and may have a kid. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I, I always tell her, I said, look, um, I understand how life is because I, I've been there. 
and I can relate. But uh, whenever you get hit with an audible, uh, make sure that you keep in your mind that the whole the whole objective is to score. Mm. So you know uh, when 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 things get derailed, you just gotta get back on track. You know, however you need to. Yeah, because life's gonna keep moving. So you gotta be it's prepared to, uh, like you said, you gotta be prepared for the audibles. You gotta be prepared for whatever life's gonna give you. But um, a lot of that is going to be easy, not easy, but it's going to be not as hard because of the foundation that you're laying for, because of the things that you're um, teaching them and expressing to them and how you're evolving and understanding what needed to change and what should change from how you were raised. So as long as you're doing that, you're going to prepare them for that and have them ready because when they hit them, they're like, you know what, dad told me this, or you know what, dad told me to expect life, so here goes life. Let me um, let me adapt and, and do what he taught me to do. Mm-hmm. It looks like you got some things together. So before we get out of here, what what uh what would you say if you had to give a a new dad or a prospective dad some advice? What would be the advice you would give him? The advice I would give him it see it's different because we grew up in the era of the village, right? Yes. So we. When we became dads, we had uh, a whole network that we can speak to in regards to uh, fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of a lot of kids they're scared to communicate with 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 older dudes, things like that. So the advice I would give them is to uh, listen. And find someone that you're comfortable, that you look up to in regards to parenthood. It could be a father or a mother. And uh, pick their brain. You know, everything that they say may not be conducive to the way you want to raise your child. But you can uh, use certain elements in order to give you a guideline on how to start. And along the way, when you meet people, you know, you know, you just ask them and... Uh, you get the information. Mm. Sound advice. Sound advice, my God. Well, I appreciate you uh, allowing to be part of my interview and you know, sharing your experiences, sharing your life with us. Um, oh, thanks a lot, bro. Hey, man, no worries, man. Um, this is my goal with this podcast, man, is to um, share experiences of the life, times, enjoyments, trials of fatherhood from people who are being active members and being positive members and attempting to change that narrative, attempting to break those generational curses and attempting to be that person, that go-to person, that, that father, that when their kid is down and out, when their kid is hurting, they can come to them. Like you said, a lot of times, especially how we were growing up, you were expected to be, especially as a male, you're expected to be tough you were a child. You didn't bother dad. Dad worked all day. Dad came home. Don't bother dad. Dad wasn't going to hug you and all of that. He may talk to you. He may kick it with you, but he wasn't going to coddle and rub your back like that. That was for mom to do. So yeah. the narrative changing that a lot of us are doing where 
we may still be that provider, that that warrior, but we also, hey, come sit down on the couch with me. Hey, come sit in my lap. Let's talk. Let's hug. Let's share our feelings. That's the purpose of this podcast. We're going to keep pushing forward. We're going to change the narrative, and we're going to make to where fatherhood is a respected and accepted thing, and it's not just a thing where, oh, yeah, you're just doing your job. No, I'm not doing my job because a father is not a job. I'm being a dad. I'm being a parent, and I'm nurturing, and I'm caring for the future, not just my family future. I'm caring for the future of this world and attempting to put a positive person out here that's going to either better the world or inspire somebody else to better the world. It, it's just like, uh, you know, um, when, when I have my, when I have my kids and my friends would call me and say, Hey, what you doing? Oh yeah. You know, I, I'm watching the kids. Uh, we just chilling. They're like, Oh, you babysitting? I would really have a problem with that mm-hmm. because I tell them, I say, I'm not, I don't babysit. I'm a full-time parent. Exactly. Exactly. You would never say that to a mother. Nope. They would never say that to a mother. And that is the purpose of this right here. Because we need to get to that respect level to where we don't babysit. We raise and we take care of our kids. We're dads. We're parents. And that's what we do. Great talking to you, my guy. Again, I appreciate you stopping through. One round of applause for Tandrell. We appreciate you guys. I enjoyed the conversation. Hey, man, anytime, <laughs> guy. Again, that was Tendrell Newsom. We appreciate him coming through. Want to thank him for sharing his stories, sharing his uh, his life lessons with us. Very interesting. Yeah, the touching story about him carrying his daughter across the uh, bridge after the um, 9-11 incident is just amazing. But... That's the purpose of this podcast, folks. That's the purpose of what I do. I'm trying to show that there are a lot of dads, a lot of positive figures out here, man. And we participating in, in the lives of our kids, man. We're trying to better our kids. We're trying to be better than what we may have seen growing up. And we're just trying to overall show that a dad is an important role. It's not just the protector. It's not just the sperm donor, as some people unfortunately call us, but... We are individuals who love and cherish our kids and we want to be their everything, every aspect of their life. So tune in. I'll have more episodes. Every episode will be like this. Either I'll be talking or I'm going to have a dad to be interviewed and be part of this. Some of the stories will be very deep and very um, pull on your heartstrings and probably a couple of tearjerkers. But it's all about people sharing their experiences. It's all about letting people know the type of dad they are and the type of things they do. Again, give a round of applause for Tandrell Newsom for stopping through and being part of my show, man. I appreciate the love. Until next time, folks, I'm out. I'm probably about to go watch some kids or watch some Disney Plus or something with some kids. But I'll be back later.